Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody. Carrie Ann King here with another edition of Tell Me Your Secrets. And I am beyond the moon excited to be able to bring to you today in this time of quarantine, Kristen Higgins. Hi, Kristen. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. Everybody else virtually. Virtually. Yeah. We we know you guys are out there. So go ahead and talk to us. I can see we've already got um, a few people who are wanting to say hi, which is awesome. If you are listening, to this later in the podcast format we've got a bunch of people actually popping in so I should tell you the story about how Kristen actually came to be on my show which um leads us back to the ever awesome and somewhat unpredictable and delightful Pam Stack, (laughs) (laughs) who is the person who is responsible for the fact that I am doing a show called Tell Me Your Secrets because she coaxed me into this podcasting thing in the first place. Like, (laughs) I did an interview with her as an author and she's like, you should be one of our podcast hosts. And I was like, well, maybe... I'll just, I won't interview anybody. I'll just talk right off camera. And now look, you know, here I am. So yeah, she's, she's very insidious that way. So she hooked <laughs> me up with Kristen by just saying, you know, you should, you should get in touch with Kristen. Cause I think she might be available because she's in quarantine and like, you know, like everyone, like <laughs> everyone. time on my hands. <laughs> so so she hit us up and um actually I do have to mention this Kristen and I were talking about it so Pam's story when she told me about Kristen was the story of the iguanas um mm-hmm. falling from from trees in Florida yeah yeah um she lives in Florida of course so she knows this phenomenon but being a Yankee um I'd never heard about this but my friend was down there for the winter to escape the cold New England winters and it got really really cold in Florida and she just was not prepared for it and she was walking down the street going to the market and a frozen iguana fell on her head <laughs> and and like she's like it was raining iguanas you know like there's four or five iguanas falling out of trees because they just shut down since they're reptiles and they get so cold and she's like this is not what I came to Florida for Kristen <laughs> No, no, and, and what Kristen and I were discussing before is I have a darkly twisted enough sense of humor, which she apparently shares slightly that we we felt it would be interesting to write a story in which you know somebody did perhaps meet their end from a frozen <laughs> iguana falling on their head. Because... You go to the handsome ER doc and have to say, well, an iguana hit me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Concussion by iguana. <laughs> I just, I can't. Oh, look, we've already got people saying, um, oh, Susan pre-ordered you. your, your new book already. Thank you. I, I have to respond to somebody, uh, uh, Matt, thank you very much. Matt says, tell me your secrets. I killed my great grandmother. She was on hospice and I shot her up with vodka. Okay. Oh, well, there we go. Really Better cool. than an iguana, perhaps. Yeah. We're going to hope you're joking, Matt. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming that. that just in case, Pam. <laughs> yeah. Somebody screenshot that. 
<laughs> I flashed it up a little while ago. So, um, oh, Barbara, Barbara is here. She said she loves loves your sense of humor, yours or mine. I don't know. I'm going to take some credit. So, I'll take our take it for both of us. So, tell us where you're at, Kristen, right now. I am on beautiful Cape Cod. Um, my family bought a house here in the '70s. Best thing my dad ever did for us, and um, and so I came up here. Actually, I was planning to live up here uh, for this year because we were renovating our house, and um, and uh, and so I came up here, and then the state closed down three days later. I tried not to take it personally, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, like you, Kristen. Now that you're there, we're yeah, gonna just check right. you out. And... So I was planning on, you know, coming up here. I've got some family up here. I was going to go see my auntie and and have dinner and see my cousins and go to the movies. And, you know, if I, if I did a good job writing, I like to treat myself, like go out to dinner once a week. Nope, nothing. You're on your own, you know? And then my husband, who's a firefighter, was exposed to COVID. And so he's like, well, now you can't come home. So I was like, oh, wait, I'm stuck here. I know, Casey, it's not so bad. Quarantined on the Cape. I get to go to the ocean every day. I take a bike ride or, or drive down and, uh, go see the sunset I um have been to see the sunset I probably have a thousand pictures of sunsets because you know I'm like oh the kids need to see this one. Oh, oh, it's five minutes later it's so beautiful I need to see it so <laughs> right but if you're there all by yourself and your husband's been exposed and everything's just starting to close down that must have been I would have been terrified I think and just kind of half frantic it's funny because I was I was really stressed and upset and sorry to be away from my family. My daughter came back from grad school and um, and she was at home and I wasn't allowed to go home and, you know, and so I was really stressed. And then, you know, like everybody, you adjust and, and this is, you know, this is the way it is now. So, you know, I like wearing a mask is second nature if I go out and I always have one in my purse and, you know, Clorox wipes in my car and, you know. I know. It's like I was joking. It's, it's like going out with a baby. I, you know, I actually I said to the Viking, "This is crazy." You know how you have a diaper bag when you've got a small one. I said, "I need to just have the okay, we're going out bag with the masks and the wipes and the, you know, everything know. in there." And I'm kind of a a clean OCD person anyway, so this has really like kicked it up a notch. I'm like, let me wipe down every doorknob every hour. I'm like, I'm the only one in this house. I, you know. <laughs> Like unless you deal. infected yourself we we do want to know if hubs is okay so yes, so yes thank you thank you he's doing he's fine he didn't catch it yet but you know every time he goes to work there's a potential for that so what what does he do as a first responder what's his job he's a firefighter he's a firefighter sexiest job you know um yeah, yeah. So he uh, he's been a firefighter for a very long time now. Right. So yeah. he gets called out and it's, you know, all exposed on a regular basis. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. that's just it. You know, you you go to a call and um, maybe your coworkers are exposed and then you're secondarily exposed. So, you know, right. Um, it's it's tough, but that's the job he signed up for. Right. Um, my daughter's uh, just graduated from nursing school, so she'll be in the workforce, too. And, um, and I have a couple of cousins who are nurses in ERs. And so, yeah, a couple cousins, I have a huge family, have gotten COVID, uh, they're doing okay. So I think it's important to remember, if you get it, you have like a 99.1% chance of being 
okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, once it, it might take a lot out of you and it might take a long time to recover, but, um, but we're trying not to like write our own obituaries just yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, I'm normally like, I'm really a positive person. I have worked as a nurse and I, I usually, you know, I have a really good immune system. I try not to let any of that bother me, but with this, I just I kind of got a little, we are wiping everything down on a regular yeah. basis also. But, um, we do want to say, before I forget and go down some other rabbit hole, to your husband and your daughter, you know, thank you from all oh, of us. I will pass, pass that along. On. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's uh, so awesome that there are people out there taking care of all of us. Yeah. I know we listen to the scanner at home. We live in a small rural area and it's, it's actually, it's very interesting to hear what's going on out there. And we're just yeah. always eternally grateful to those people for yeah. going out and taking care. Oh, you'll be happy to, I have to post this one. <laughs> Your hair looks great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to make it look on, on purpose, you know, so I was like trying to fluff it and, you know, but right. this morning I woke up and it was standing straight up like I'd been electrocuted. I thought I, I couldn't make my hair do that if I no, tried. Probably you know? not. No, if you yeah. wanted to. So, <laughs> And I know it's an it's an ongoing thing with the hair. For me, I just keep mine long, so it's not as long as I yeah. don't start getting split ends. I'm cold. My Viking is having fits because he he has these stages of hair. He keeps his really short, and when it starts to get long, he gets what he calls used car salesman hair. Right, right, right. So he, he went to used car salesman, and he was very bothered by that. But he's progressing now more towards Grizzly Adams, oh. which you know he has here too. So anyway. <laughs> It's all very fun. <laughs> so you have, are you there by yourself? Do you have a doggy with you? I, or? Do, I don't. Um, we recently had to put one of our doggies down. I'm afraid she uh, got sick really suddenly. She got lymphoma. And, um, and so, um, so we only have one dog and a cat right now, which seems like, like the house is empty, you know, because we've had two dogs for a while. And, and or two cats and a dog um but um but my son is home and uh he has basically stolen luther from me and um so when i said i'm going to the cape and i want to take luther he got that like sad tragic face that i can't Aww. resist and i'm like okay fine you can have him and then i was going to take the cat you know it's like something's better than nothing and but the cat and the dog are best friends so I'm like, fine, fine. I'll just get a cat when I get up here. <laughs> Did you get one yet? Or are no, you still? I, I keep threatening. I'm going to get my own cat who loves me. <laughs> you know? There you go. Although to be warned, I have one of those. And, it, and it's, it's kind of, it's a mixed blessing. I adore him. <laughs> but I am his person. So when people yeah. come to visit, he is nowhere to be seen. Nobody's allowed to touch. The Viking is allowed to pet him. Uh-huh. Occasionally when, you know, the cat wishes, but mine is the only lap in which he wants to sleep. Yeah. And you know, it's kind that's, of demanding. That's how <laughs> Huckleberry, our cat, is like that with McIrish. He the cat loves my husband. They are it's like a beautiful romance. And um and the cat will like climb up onto his lap and put his face right, like almost like pressing his lips against my husband, like to breathe in his air. And I'm like, you guys get a room you know <laughs> I'm feeling very neglected over here very isolated watching your bliss but um yeah cats always they have their person and you can't make a cat love you I've learned the hard way no 
No, no, you can't. A dog, probably. <laughs> yeah, dogs are so easy, you know. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing the pets when I go back. Yeah, I'm sure. So you're there all by yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But um, are you writing? Are you? Are you? I, yeah, I just finished a book uh, titled "To Be Determined," but it will come out next summer, and um, and I have revisions right now. So my editor has had her her crack at it and given me some really wonderful suggestions about um, structure of the book and improving it and pace and that kind of thing. So I'm overhauling it, which is the phase of writing that I really love the most because to me, it's just so hard to write a first draft. And um, I think it's daunting because it's so long. My books are 400, 450 pages sometimes. And I think like, you know, you sit there and you write chapter one and you think, oh, okay, just, you know, 40 more chapters to go and I'll be done. Um, so I, I really kind of hate writing first drafts. If I could, you know, find a new way to do it, that would be great. Um, but the revisions, I think, are where my books really come together and start to shine and be something that people would want to buy and read, you know. Right. I'm I'm like that too, actually. That's my that's my favorite part, which is where I where I'm at right now with uh, the one that I'm revising will be out also next summer. And um yeah, it's it's where I call it that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the characters really start. I I have a new character. He just showed up. Like I, I wrote a whole draft without him in it, and I was in the shower one morning and I'm like, oh my god, that's what's wrong. And he's really important. Yeah. So I usually I have the opposite. I usually say does she need a brother? Let's just kill the brother. The brother's dead. You know, brother John, who was never born, I erase you. Um, and it's hard because you think like, oh, I loved that guy. I loved that brother. But, you know, if he doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. In real life, you have to put up with your crappy relatives. Right. <laughs> but in a book, you serve no purpose. You're dead to me. Um, so we have a comment. Patty Lynn says, well, she'll miss seeing you on your book tour this summer. Are you, are you going to do a, a virtual book yes. tour? Yeah. I've been on book tour every year for the past, I'm going to say six or seven years. Um, and, uh, I'm really going to miss it this year. I love it. You know, it's, it's a very busy schedule. Sometimes it's, um, like the, you land, you go to the hotel, you brush your teeth, you go to the bookstore, you go back to the hotel, you go to bed, and in the morning you go to the airport again, you know. But I love the bookstore, you know, when you get to see your readers and, and sometimes yeah. put a face with names that you've seen in your email box or, or online, social media. So um, so it was the right call, of course, obviously, you know, we're not going to be crowding people into bookstores or libraries at this time in the world. So um, yes, yeah, so I'm doing a bunch of virtual events. And, um, and I think it'll be really fun. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the one positive thing about virtual events is those of us who could not come to your real life events mm -hmm. can actually hit the virtual events. So exactly. you know, that's a Yeah, that is a plus side. Somebody asked if you could give a hint about the new book that you're writing. Is there is there anything that you can tell your readers about it? Yet? It's a love story, and uh, no, that's all you get. <laughs> you know how it is, Carrie. You know, because when you're asked to talk about a book before you're ready, you just like, well, you know, there was a brother, but I killed him, and you start in the middle, and you go back, and, you know, there is a dog, and, and um, well, they don't get the dog right away, you know, so I'm just going to spare everybody that and just say 
it's a beautiful love story and it'll come out next year and when I can talk about it coherently I shall do so I know a lot of a lot of writers um, don't seem to understand that it's okay to draw that right and I've had to get very very almost fierce with my Viking on that one because when I'm writing until I have the first draft down at least like I'm not going to talk about this book it, it will oh. kill it and he's like every day because he wants to be in on it what are you writing what's the book and sorry <laughs> not yet not yet not yet um somebody said uh, let's see these uh sharon said these virtual events are the only thing keeping me sane these days yeah i hear you sharon <laughs> so there, you see your friends you know your kids so yeah there, there's a lot of that going around so i i have to confess and this is a confession because i know um kristen's books are out there and i knew she was and um of of her wonderful writing but i had not actually read a kristen higgins book oh, oh. <gasps> i know Welcome. <laughs> So hopefully, I should have told you that before you came on the show, because you might not have watched it. So I, I read Life and Other Inconveniences, and in, in case anybody has not yet read this book, I know a lot of you listening are already Christian fans, so I'm sure that you have. This book was just awesome. I, I, love, I love the way that you take a difficult situation and tell it with so much humor um, from so many different points of view where we care about all these characters and totally sucked into the emotion. And yet it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you make something like that funny? Right. But oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a story of uh, three generations of, of London women of the London family. And um, uh, they, um, Genevieve is 85. She is a, uh, planning to die this summer and she calls back her estranged granddaughter who was um, pregnant in high school and Genevieve decided that is not the life that I have prepared you for out you go want to be a grown-up go ahead you know off you go play and so they've been estranged uh, Emma has her daughter now who's 16 so the three main characters are Gigi or Genevieve Emma the 35 year old and her 16 year old daughter. And um, I loved writing from different perspectives and different age groups. It, it was really fun to write this starchy, salty old lady. I enjoyed her so much. <laughs> and, um, and I also really liked writing from a teenager's perspective, especially a, like a decent teenager, because I have written like the eye rolling goth teen before, and I love them too. I have this weird quality and that is I love teenagers. <laughs> um, but I wanted to write a teenage girl who loved her mom, who, you know, wasn't eager to go off and experiment with drugs and sex and stuff, who was um, at that sort of really bittersweet age where you realize your childhood is, is ending and you're not really sure what it's like to be a young adult. And um, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you real quick because oh my god, I mean where you started with this girl was where her longtime friends turned on her yeah. in high school. I, I don't know who of you has been there, but right. <laughs> you know that, that yeah. really resonated. That's such a hard time. It's like why? I right, don't... I know it's um, and what I I loved too is that 
Emma, her mom is so desperate to help her and get like her happy, cheerful, good natured daughter back. And she just says all the wrong things. She's a therapist, you know, but she, with her own daughter, she's hamstrung, but uh, Genevieve knows exactly what to say to Riley and give her a little of her self-esteem back. And, and uh, so that multi-generational bond that they have was really fun to write. And I, I was blessed by having a lot of extremely old relatives in my life. When I was growing up, I had great grandparents. I had great aunts and uncles and my grandparents, um, you know, lived into my forties because um, they were so young when they had my mom and my mom was so young when she had me. So I, I really have such an appreciation for older people. One of my best friends is 85 years old and, um, and it's, it was just really a blast to kind of get into that headspace and, and write about the difficulties and the privileges of old age. Right. And you did that so, so brilliantly. I really, I really feel. Um, first off, Kristen and I were talking before we came on live here about um, aspiring to be one of those old people. <laughs> right, right. A typical old person. I think. Yeah. I know it's kind of part of the charm, right? You want to be crotchety. You want to be, you know, bump your cane and have people come running. Right, exactly. <laughs> I do. By then I'll have earned it, right? I'll deserve it. Yes. I plan to sound like Catherine Hepburn as I age, you know. <laughs> don't, don't stand there. Get me a drink. You know? <laughs> I think one, of, one of the things that was really brilliant about this book was, you know, taking Gigi, who really had done an unforgivable yeah. thing. Yeah. And yet making her eminently lovable anyway, right? I I just was rooting for her the whole time. So, well, you know, I think that um, I was talking about this um, with another writer uh, a couple days ago. The theme of of all my books is um, you are enough just as you are. And it takes the right person or people to see it. But, and you might have to do some work on yourself you know, you may have to get over yourself and, and move through, but, but everybody deserves love and compassion. And, and even the, even, and especially probably the difficult people, you know, who, who don't just make a friend wherever they go, or, um, you know, have a huge family who adores them. So I love to explore, you know, those, those characters and ask, why, why are you like that? What happened right. to you? you know, and how do you get past it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's an, an awesome theme. You are enough. That's one of, one of my favorites. That's, you know, that's, that's our goal here. I think in in life is to figure that out. Right. Right. It takes us, it takes us so freaking long to get it a lot of the time. Yeah, it does. does. Um, So we have been talking about uh, life and other inconveniences, but you have a new book coming out in a couple of weeks here that I also want to talk about. So I I laughed because I didn't actually know Kristen had a new book coming out. I got to up my promotion game. Clearly. The next book is called Always the Last to Know. And I'm like, well, that's me, clearly, because I missed that part. Yeah, that's another multi-generational story about the Frost women. Um, and uh, there's the mom, Barb, who has been married for almost 50 years and is the first selectman of this little town, same town as um, as Life and Other Inconveniences. And um, she's in a stale marriage and she feels like, 
you know, is, is this it? Am I really stuck with him forever? And um, she decides to get a divorce the day before she's going to tell him he has a stroke and it's a bad one. So his, um, his younger daughter, Sadie, moves from New York City back to Stoningham, Connecticut, and plans to care for him and, and help him recover fully. And then his, their other daughter, Juliet, is sort of having a, a midlife crisis of her own, but she can't quite put her finger on it. She's one of those people who's done everything right and checked every box. But here she is like struggling at work and struggling with her daughters and worried that her marriage isn't as good as she she tries to make it. And just like she says at one point, if I'd known how hard it was to have it all, I would have asked for less, you know, <laughs> because she's holding down a job and she's raising adolescent girls and she's trying to make sure her husband is happy and fulfilled and and she's a wonderful daughter to her mother, but not so much to her father. So, you know, Everybody has their stuff going on. Um, one of the, the funnest things for me about this book is that I kind of went back to my romantic comedy roots for one of the storylines and um, Sadie back down. I knew something was gonna go off. <laughs> I silenced my phone, I promise. Um, so Sadie comes back to town and she is there and so is uh, the love of her life, Noah Pelletier. Who, uh, who was this boy, she, they started dating in high school, they never looked at another person, but they wanted really different things. So they finally break up after, you know, torturous years, and, um, and now they're back together. And he is a new father of like a four month old baby. And um, in a kind of an untraditional setup with the baby's mother. And, um, and I loved the friction of them seeing each other again, you know, and like all those old resentments of, well, you could have done this and we could have maybe, you know, and that sort of blame game and still the very potent attraction between them. So that was a blast to write. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm going to have to, <clears throat> I, I will be pre-ordering that one as soon as oh, and just If I may, if you, if you pre-order the book, um, proceeds support St. Jude Children's Hospital, which is something I do every book because you know I've been really lucky in my career and and um you know being like a catholic educated person you always like feel guilty <laughs> about success and you know good things coming your way so you want to share it and so I donate um first week sales and pre-orders to St. Jude's because oh, what better cause is there you know that's awesome um, I love that. All right. So in case you missed that, sorry, I was busy blocking a couple of uh, commenters who <laughs> clearly are bored and do not belong on this. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm back now. Um, I was slightly <laughs> them later. So that was really important. So if you pre-order, proceeds of some of that are going to St. Jude's. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So I do Which, a little math and I donate whatever I would have earned to to St. Jude. So Very nice. um, yeah. I, I, it's just awesome. I love what they do. That's, that's yeah. brilliant. I love that you do that, Kristen. That's, that's a lovely thing. Thank you. So, so many good people in the world doing good things. And I am delighted yeah. to have met Kristen because she is another one. <laughs> yeah. I think this it's is, important, like during this pandemic and, you know, with the, some of the horror stories that you see on the news, is to keep remembering there are so many more good people in the world than bad. 
And when you get discouraged, it's time to pay attention to the good people doing the sweet things and the kind things and the helpful things um, so that you don't get too wrapped up in the in the haters and the gloom and all that stuff. Right. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. That's one of my life missions is really focusing on all of that good stuff and highlighting it. So all of the good people who are out there doing things, the writers who are writing the books for us to read right now, um, your husband going out and, you know, facing danger every day to keep the rest of us safe. Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much good stuff out there yeah. and I love it. So Kristen, thank you so much yeah. for coming and talking to me today. This was thank really cool. It was great, Darian. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and I'm delighted to have actually met you. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it in person. And yeah, that would be great. Future. Thanks, Pam. So um, that'll happen. So, Kristen, where can people find out about what virtual tour events you do have coming up? Do you have a, a site set up for that? I do. It's on my website, which is kristenhiggins.com. And I also post on my Facebook page, which is Kristen Higgins Books on Facebook. Um, okay. So yeah, I hope to see everybody uh, as they're, you know, sitting at home with their computers, check in and we'll chat. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so check in, find her on Facebook or on her website. Um, also, I promised to give a book away. And so I'm looking at um, Barbara Anderson Ritchie. Your Hi. name is just on my screen. So um, go ahead and message me after this is over and I will uh, send you a copy of uh, one of Kristen's eBooks. Um, for thanks for being here and hanging out with us today. Yeah, and uh, Kristen, stay safe out there. I hope your you. comes to you soon. And I definitely want to see all about that when that happens. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Kirian. All right. Thank you. Take Bye. care, everybody. Stay safe out there. Read a good book. Bye. Bye.